Hey everyone, this is a Fanatics Podcast coming at you again. Uh, it's been a little while, mostly because the people that I try to get on are like, I need to study up on my team a little bit more, which is not really the purpose of the podcast, but um, it's fine. I'm going to go, whatever, like study up on your team. Uh, um, so I brought, I actually brought a Panthers fan on. So we're actually kind of doing a crossover between um Kitty Lit and Fanatics. Uh this is uh Ricky Rains. Uh he's a Charlotte native, uh lifelong Panthers fan, uh and he actually contributes to Cat Crave, which if you're a Panthers fan, everyone knows uh Cat Cat Crave. Um so uh Ricky, uh tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, hey, um I've been writing or contributing for over at Cat Crave for about 8 months now. Um Needed an outlet to be able to voice the frustration of a lifelong Carolina Panthers fan. Um, it's a lot of baggage. My sister is a psychiatrist, so she's taught me all about like the dealing of garbage and shit in our lives. And I found that writing was an appropriate outlet because at first being vulgar and speaking about everything kind of turns people off. So if you can sneak in and then really let them know the truth, that's that's the way I found that I operate the best. Um so when you asked me to be on here and you said you just wanted to have a conversation about a couple of guys sitting at a bar talking football, that played really well for me. Um, that's pretty much what I do on a daily basis anyways. Dude, we did, we did not talk about this at all. That's no. exactly why I'm doing this podcast. Mm -hmm. I, I talked to a therapist and I needed, and they basically I decided that I needed an outlet yeah. and made this podcast. That is wild that we did not talk about this before this. They are all. relatively intelligent people. Therapist. Like <laughs> well, they've got and, a, a nice unbiased opinion, as I like to say. You know, I'm a professional, so I can say those kinds of things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just my educated opinion, you know. Yeah, my uh, my dad's a psychologist, so uh Oh man. It's so wild that we yeah. had that in the family, we had to talk to somebody, we need an outlet. A lot that of pressure, is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh absolutely wild. Um, but it's great to have you on. Thanks, um, man. Appreciate having you, me. Do you remember how we started talking? Yeah, I believe that it was a Twitter Twitter interaction um, based loosely around Derek Carr. And no, that was not it. Nope. That oh, was that the first after? time. Yeah, that came after. Okay. Yeah, we have a little bit on that now. But uh, before that... DJ Shark. Yes. And yes. DJ Moore. Yes. Yes, that's right. Yeah, if I remember right, it was something about losing a DJ, but potentially having a better one on the roster. Something oh. along those lines. Maybe not worded exactly... But there yeah. was an underlying sentiment, maybe? Here's the thing. I have, like, 19 followers. And I just yeah. say stuff on Twitter every now and then. And, uh, you know, it's my outlet before uh, podcast. So um, <laughs> I said, hey, yeah, um, DJ Shark is, like, not as bad as you think. Yeah, he like he runs. He's really fast. He's really big. He's really strong. Um, basically had one real injury. Um, so maybe we... Lost a DJ and we gained a DJ, yeah. and I got hammered. Yeah, Bears fans, Panthers fan, everyone hammered me on that. And I was like, guys, I'm not saying that he's better than DJ Moore. I'm just saying that he's a good player. We we're we're, we're okay. It was like a digital Game of Thrones episode for you, basically, <laughs> it's like the Red Wedding. I and like and since then, I'm like trying to get like more and more on Twitter, and yeah. I never got. I still don't get as many responses as I got to that one statement. So that was your viral moment. Yeah, I mean, when you uh, when people like talk about clickbait, like 
that's that's it. that's like it, yeah. If I didn't actually mean it, which yeah. I did, if I just said it to get clicks, which I kind of I kind of think that Pro Football Focus does that. I get so yeah. mad with them. I get so mad. There's not a ton of outlets that don't do clickbait on a pretty regular basis. Is it on and, purpose? And it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's traffic, and traffic is what pays the bills. Um, literally, as a contributor or as a freelance writer, you're paid off of your work and off of your views and impressions and all those kinds of things. So if somebody has an outrageous idea that they don't even support, it's probably the best thing to put out there because then you don't actually have to believe what you're saying. You can just get out there and get the clicks. I don't really work that way. I unfortunately, yeah. man, I have this like burning desire to suffer with my Panthers team and be accurate and factual about the things that I am sad about. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's just a rule of thumb for me. Man, I do it every single year. And you know why I do it every single year? Because I feel like uh, Scott Fitter is very good at his job. And Matt yeah. Rule was just not competent. Yeah, you know, it was tough because I think that we were in a situation where, as fans, we were very excited for a new turnover, regardless of who it was going to be. There was a lot of fans that thought Matt Rule was the end-all, be-all, and that we had won the sweepstakes of coaching hires in that year that he was hired. Scott Fitterer comes over, and everyone loves what he did in Seattle with the makeup of that roster and, and contracts that were given and contracts that weren't given, because as a Panthers fan, we'll all remember the Marty Herney era where there was loyalty contracts given. You know what I mean? Like, it was, what have you done for me in the past as opposed to what can you do for me going forward? He didn't want to hurt ties. So we all were really excited about the business end of having Scott Fitterer here, and we thought that Matt Rule, I mean, can't be much worse than the riverboat that didn't gamble, right? Like, it, it can't be that much worse. It proved to be way worse. Um, everyone should have known when he was a literally a cutoff version of the hoodie. You know what I mean? Like that should have been the first red flag of this isn't going to work out. If you have to impersonate somebody's wardrobe, you're already doing an impression. We don't really need a caricature as the guy to bring us out of the flames. Um, unfortunately, that's what we got. But now here we are. Scott Fitterer has a chance to prove everyone right that was really high on him originally. He also is going to shoulder a hefty amount of the blame if this stuff doesn't work out. And yeah. rightfully so. I mean, that's oh. that's the way that it should be. There's a little bit more transparency, I think, with this regime. There's there's clear-cut roles, um, responsibilities, and all of that. It's a collaborative effort, which I love. That didn't seem to be the case when Rule was here. There was a, a, thought of, a dictatorship type of thing going on. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? For a lack yeah. of a better term. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, he had acronyms to not let people in on conversations. It's, it's a wild thing. Reich and Thomas Brown, the conversation that has been about them is how are they going to marry their two different philosophies and all this stuff? And they've already had reports of them butting heads, but in a good way, that's how football is supposed to work. You know yep. what I mean? Like you don't need a room full of yes men. You don't need to intimidate people into doing what you want. It doesn't usually work out for the long term. Even Bill Belichick is an example of that. You look at what he's doing right now in New England, having all that control. He's making some moves that people are like, is Bill a little batshit crazy? Is he off yeah, a little bit? He's always done that Probably. too. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, we can have a different conversation about uh, the Patriots. Um, I'm actually really intrigued um, about the Patriots. This, this, I'm, I'm really intrigued about the AFC East in, in general this yeah. year. Um, so Bills, Dolphins, uh, Jets, um, Patriots fans, come talk to me. 
what I I think that's really really interesting division uh, division this mm-hmm. year. Um, yeah, dude, I, I totally agree. Even Gettleman, like you had a, a team that went to it's like a uh, you know the uh, I don't know if you're a basketball fan, but the, the 2020 Lakers they win a title and they like gut their team and yeah, like what that are you was doing? the bubble title, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, so like they like let Josh Norman walk, and he's like one of the best players on the on the defense, and just, just pay the guy, man. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. So, but Fitter, I I think that I think there's not as much pressure on him because there's an actual system. You've actually seen it play out. You've seen it win in the NFL. Um, and I, I feel like Panthers fans, because we're so jaded in general, and we'll get into this when we're talking about um, uh, Panthers in general, uh, but we're so jaded that we even say we need DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. We need uh, Floyd. We need uh, uh, a cornerback. And, that, and we, we talk about this on Twitter a lot. Right. Um, when you see Evero do it with a, a fourth-round rookie, you see um, Fitter go 11 uh, – not Fitter, uh, Wright go 11-6 and six with – uh, the leading receiver being a 706 yard T.Y. Yeah. Hilton, um, yeah. like, like you've seen it, you've seen um, Evero take a 26 ranked defense to a, a seventh ranked defense. So we kind of need to trust the coaching, but that's really hard for us to yeah. do. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's what's being preached too, though, right? Yeah. Is that if we spent the time money effort and everything to build this avengers cast of coaching why would we not at least give them the little bit of leeway before we start jumping down their throat and questioning what they're doing and that happened with the draft right dj johnson was a guy that trade up everyone thought we were going up for other players there were some players that fans were very high on that I think there's a disconnect, first of all, between fans and the realization that the front office doesn't operate under what we like and what right. we have personal rankings. They right. don't care what Mel Kuyper has as his personal rankings. Why would they care what Ricky and Alex have as theirs? Um, there is a vision on what they want to do. There are players that they like. There are, there are styles that they want on their team. Trust it. If it doesn't work out, let's all torch them together. Like, I have no problem with that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let the flames run after we have proof of a critical error. I don't think that it's fair to start judging them before we even see people put pads on. And that's, and we have that coming up, you know, and that's another thing to get excited about is that all of this preparation, all of the theories and ideas that they're running with and that they're building this team with are about to start going into action. And we're going to see some tangible results. Yeah. I mean, the perfect example is the Seahawks. Yeah. Like how many people, like what was their grade last year? It wasn't very good. And they no. got studs. A lot of people really didn't like the uh, corner that they drafted. The tall dude. Oh, man, what is Yeah, this? dude, why, why'd you do this? I knew. I'm drawing Come a blank on. on him. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Yeah, he was amazing. Fourth, uh, fourth, fourth and fifth round guy. Um, yeah. Uh, great, great uh, physical numbers. He was an RAS guy, um, which that's a Scott Fitter specialty. He drafts the <laughs> relative athletic score, the high performers on that. Yes. He loves those. And, and honestly, that – the guy that does that, um, can't remember his not, name. Not from, the Hornets. The Hornets don't do that. No, they don't. No, um, they like to go on the beaten, go off the beaten path, and they like yeah. to draft somebody that's less athletic that they're hoping can grow athleticism. Once that was good in college. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and hey, maybe that works out. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I don't. I don't even want to. Open yeah, that I've, been, I've been following the uh, Hornets for 20 years. It's not gonna work yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. It's a difficult yeah, thing to be involved I, in. Dude, when you're when you're a small market, look at Giannis. Take the mm. take the athlete, take yeah. the like they take the, the upside. 
Um, you bet you bet on physical traits, right? If there's yeah. somebody that has something that 99% of the league does not have, and the league is made up of the highest level athletes in the mm-hmm. world, if there is somebody that stands out above that, and it doesn't have major red flags, right? I'm, I, yeah. I don't want somebody that is involved in capital murder. I don't want someone that's involved in domestic violence. See, yes. not, not a lot, right? Like, I don't really want that. Um, but if you can avoid just those cardinal sins, athleticism will make up for a whole lot. And good coaching can bring all that home. The problem that we have, we did draft a couple of those RAS guys. Tommy Tremble, outstanding player. Oh, I'm so Outstanding excited. player. Yeah, I'm you know so what? Excited. Let's hold off on that. Let's get into that when we start. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. Now pineapple, all of a pineapple, pineapple. Pineapple, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Um, so uh, Ricky introduced a new rule to uh, Fanatics, and it is uh, – if we go off the rails and like just like enjoy talking to each other about something that's not on brand, uh, we say pineapple and we just like steer back to where we are. Um, so let's go back to the what what we do on this podcast two episodes in. Uh, so we have uh, we have rules. We did our uh, a guest intro, so that's a check. Uh, the next thing is since we're talking Panthers, win total. What do you think? Um, do you want me man, to go I down? Really should have that schedule. Up yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I, I can go through the schedule with you. Yeah, go through um, the schedule. All right, cool. So, uh, we get Falcons win away. Win. It's a win. Game one on the road. Win. Yeah, it's a win. Um, and I, I think that's the best part of our schedule is that we go from Falcons on the road to Saints at home. Yep. So, so you got win Falcons. Uh, uh, Saints at home. Win. Yep. Uh, Seahawks on the road. Loss. Okay. Uh, and that's that's a little bit closer than I actually made that seem with my answer. Yeah. I like the Seahawks team. I love what they have built there. I'm still not completely sold on Geno Smith, first of all. I He had a great year. Great yeah, year. And I'm not yeah. trying to take anything away from him. He we beat him on the road last year. And he yeah. worked his ass off to get to the place that he is right now with the consistency and everything like that. He's always had talent. He's a first-round guy. Yeah. Had a lot of talent. He's never put it together in the NFL. So that was a big thing to see for an entire year. I don't know that I 100% am bought in on repeating that, especially as the way he tailed off towards the end of that regular season and in the playoffs. We see it all the time, guys that come in. Everybody's like taken off guard. That like yep. this guy, like how like we saw with Tannehill when he went to the uh, uh, Titans for the first right. year. Like when you are one way with one team and you go and do this to the other team, right. it's yeah. Now what the Seahawks um, have though that will carry over for them as long as they get in the performance out of these two guys, those two rookie tackles that they da- drafted last year, yeah. absolute game changer for them. Yep. That offensive line is built to last for years on a budget. That is where they have a major, major bonus. You know what yeah. I mean? And their if problem they keep was going, they'll be all right. Yeah, the problem was they were lo- losing running backs. And right. it feels like uh, 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 Pete Carroll knows that. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to get another running back. That's why they drafted the kid out of UCLA. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Chardonnay. Um, uh, Ka- Char- Char- yes, it's like uh, yeah. it's like Cabernet mixed with uh, Chardonnay. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. So you got Seahawks lost. Uh, Vikings at home. That's a win. Yeah. Uh, Lions on the road. That's a loss. Ooh, we're going to disagree about that. Yep. Uh, so, uh, Dolphins on the road. That's a loss. Yeah, that's a loss. And it's the Dolphins' defense that scares me a lot. But for our team, it's a monster. It's a nightmare matchup for us because of our secondary. Right, Our yeah. secondary against those two speed receivers. And I'm, that's just zeroing in on only Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. 
they're Monsters. better athletically and speed and everything else than what we have on the outside. Now, J.C. Horn, I'm, I'm not trying to say that J.C. Horn cannot hang and compete. I want to see him healthy come that time. I, yeah. I, I hate throwing around the injury-prone type of thing, but he's already on the mend of a, a slight ankle ailment. I want to see him put it together consistently before I'm going to say, hey, he's going to take us out of that Tyreek situation. Yeah, it's not like we're going to uh, play man-to-man anyways against no. uh, this team. So no. um, I I think that we can. It's just on the it's on the road. Like, we're not going to win. I have the Dolphins in the AFC Championship the game this year. So See, I I'm not a Tua believer either. So I'm not um, I'm not sold. 31 points up against the Bills' past defense. I mean, they yeah. were number two in past defense last year. I mean, well, they, Mike with McDaniel a third-string quarterback. Good, yeah, Mike McDaniel does a good job of building an offense that will work. And, yeah. and that's the San Francisco formula, right? Yeah. I mean, they had Jimmy G, Brock Purdy look great. McDaniel will put his team in a position to succeed and get his playmakers in space. Um, so that's always a threat. But yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not like super scared of the Dolphins, but I think that they're where we want to be a year ahead. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a different system, but yeah. I I agree. Once they pay their quarterback, whoever that is, yeah, they're screwed. And Tyreek is, I think, is uh, 29 or 30 this year. Yeah. It's almost like to the point where, but Waddle, man, that dude is. Well, and what I mean by there, where we want to be a year ahead, is where they are as far as being competitive and being legit contenders. Yeah, I think that last year was their first year of proving they were legitimate. And then this year is the year they take a step into shit. They're going to give Pat Mahomes a run for his money come playoff time. Yeah. This is a division. Like that division's loaded. Mm -hmm. I mean, our division's going to be trash for 10 years. All right, uh, pineapple, pineapple. Um, uh, 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 <laughs> um, uh, Texans at home. That's a win, and that's after uh, the bye week. Uh, yes. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not. No, it's uh. That's before no, the bye week. Before the bye week. Okay. Yeah, that's still a win. Uh, Colts. Uh, at after the bye week. Home. Is that right? The Colts game uh, is after the bye week. Is that right? Uh, bye week is bye weeks between Dolphins and Texans. Okay, yeah, so I was right. The Texans is after the bye week. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I was thought we were already at Colts. Dude, I've been I, – I, I was drinking a little bit. Yeah, it's all uh, good. So, originally then, that after the bye week against the Texans? Yeah, at home. Smash. Hammer. Yeah. Smash. Yeah, Colts at home. Reich, and Reich has a nice history of coming off the bye. So, give me that all day. Also, Colts revenge game. We're, we're killing yeah, Colts. 100%. Uh, Bears at home. Yeah, that's a win. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, really overrated. Panthers, yep. Cowboys at home. That's a win. Ooh, wow. I think the Cowboys are the best team in, in the country, but I think you might mm-hmm. be right. Uh, Titans uh, away. It's a loss. It's one of those weird losses where there's not a whole ton of reason to it, but it's just going to happen. Yeah, it's, it's late Especially November. if we come run. off the win. If we come off a win against the Cowboys and we're riding that high. You yeah, always you, come back down to earth the next game. You, you got four straight wins. Yep. We're losing to the Titans. Yep. Um, but shit, think about what that means, though. We went on a win streak this year. <laughs> oh, That's wild. I am aware of how yeah. good this team is and how bad the schedule is. Yep. Um, uh, Buccaneers away. That's a win. Yep. Uh, Saints away. It's a loss. Okay. I'm, a, I'm, I'm a willing to accept that. Uh, Panthers at home. Uh, pa- Panthers-Falcons at home. I was going to say, that's the easiest one of the night. Um, That's a win. Oh, yeah. Uh, Panthers-Packers at home. I think that's also a win. That's Christmas Eve, too. I agree. Uh, Panthers-Jaguars on the road. 
That's a loss. And uh, I think that's going to be an interesting game, though, with the Doug Peterson storyline, Trevor Lawrence against Bryce Young. I I like that game, but I think that the Jaguars, if they play to their potential, they're also a very scary team. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And it depends where they are. Yeah. Because it's the second to last game, so it depends if it's a must win. And if we're where I think we're going to be, I think we're going to be so far in the division that we will maybe start resting. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends what other teams are doing. Um, and then last game, uh, Panthers at home against Bucks. That's a win. Cool. Yeah. So you have eleven and six, and That's I what have I was thinking. I have twelve and five, and it looks like the the we're we are almost exact as where I thought we'd be. Oh, now I Ex- feel terrible about except this. Except you have Lions away mm-hmm. as your loss, mm-hmm. and I have it as a win. Yep. So we can get into that. DJ Chark coming back to the Lions? Oh, you're talking about the DJ Chark revenge game. Well, and we just de- freaking destroyed him last year. So do you think that what week is that that we played the Lions? A week five. You think that DJ Chark is healthy week five? <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, let's. Uh, I hope he is. By the way, right. I'm a big DJ Chark fan. I, I love his game. I love what yeah. he brings to the offense. I yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure, yeah. sure, 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 sure. Yeah, all right. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, I uh, so usually, well, not usually, it's only happened once. Is I would give you what I said during the um, the thirty minute uh, okay. time slot, but I already told you what I had. Um, yeah. So I will start the timer, and I will let you make your case, even though it's like pretty similar to Marcus. Um, and then anything that you say that I kind of agree with or different disagree with. I will kind of either elaborate on your point or I will um, uh, disagree with your point. Uh, And we'll just do like a back and forth, like really, really friendly. Um, And uh, that's one of the rules is like, don't suck. Everybody love everybody. Yeah. Jackie Moon. Yeah. We're just having fun, man. We're just like, we're at a bar. We're talking. Uh, Second rule is if I say something outrageous, like uh, DJ Chark is number 10 in games played his career, like, um or whatever that um or reich has won the division five times whatever it is and you're like all right um i want to challenge that the thing is when you challenge you have to go this is important okay like really like really like 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 this is important Hmm. uh like being like really upset about it uh you give it a try if you want you're talking like a tom cruise jack nicholson Vibe yeah, type of yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay. Yeah, 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 that's good. This is important. Yes, yes. Okay. All right, that's good. Right, you, you get it. Um, and uh, we we probably will go along with this anyways because that's why we kind of like banter on Twitter. But if logic is for one person, then logic is for the other. So if uh, Brees Hall is going to come back from ACL really quickly, then Javante Williams is also going to come back from ACL really quickly. Yep. So. If you make a point based on that argument, then that argument applies across the board. Heard. Cool. Awesome. So let me set the timer. And go. So my number one argument for the jump in wins is going to be the difference in quarterback. And I am well aware that Bryce Young is a rookie quarterback. I get it. I know the track record of success for rookie quarterbacks. I get all of that. This team has better coaching. It has the same offensive line outside of Corbett, who's going to start on the mend off of his ACL. 
he'll come back eventually. But I also like the depth that we have at the offensive line right now, which I can't believe as a Carolina Panthers fan I'm able to say. Like, honestly, can we just, like, I'm going to have a drink because that is one of the craziest things that I've ever been able to say as a Carolina Panthers fan. So Keep pounding. Um, offensive line continuity. You take DJ Moore out of the equation, which does hurt. DJ Moore is a very good wide receiver. I don't want to ignore that. But adding Adam Thielen, who is a veteran, crafty wide receiver. You could talk about diminishing skills as far as like physical speed, ability to separate, and things like that. And I wouldn't argue that you're wrong about that. I do think that he has lost a portion of a step. I'm not ready to say he's lost a step because I still think that he can execute very well for what he does on the football field. I don't think that he is reliant on straight line speed. Um, He's got releases and moves that will get him open. He is also going to move the chains, which is something that a rookie quarterback really, really needs. A lot of these rookie quarterbacks, when you look at the track record, they're bad because they go to a very bad team because they're the number one overall pick, number two, number three overall pick. We were slotted in for the ninth overall pick, and that was in spite of Matt Rule and what he tried to do with this team. Steve Wilkes comes in, and look, I'm a Steve Wilkes guy. I love him. I appreciate so much what he did here. He instilled that culture back into this team. He left, but what he did for this team is still in that locker room. We got a guy in Frank Wright who is a leader of men in himself. That was the whole draw about Steve Wilkes, is that he had the guys behind him, that locker room, believed in him, and they played hard for him. Frank Reich is going to instill that same thing. He is an offensive-minded coach. The focus will not solely be on scoring 18 points. That's not our barometer. That's not where we have to get. You know what I mean? But if you look at the records previously in games where we didn't score 17 points or more, we were toast. Or the defense allowed 17 points or more. We were toast. We had a really, really bad record against that. That's not a favorable stat. In today's NFL, you're going to give up 17 points more often than not. Um, Looking at our team ranks, we were the 29th ranked passing offense. We were the 10th ranked rushing offense. That is still the strength of this team. And it's also the strength of Frank Reich and Thomas Brown's offensive philosophies. They want to run the ball. They are centered around running the ball. If we're implementing RPO systems into our offensive schemes running is the objective of an rpo a lot of people are not aware of exactly what an rpo is and they think it's the triple option that georgia tech runs (laughs) that's not what an rpo is almost every single team in the nfl runs rpo based plays in their offensive system what bryce young will be able to do from that rpo system is he will be able to have that three yards back behind and shotgun to make his quick processing decisions where he excels, make the read on that defender in conflict, make that read, and make the right decision. Reich and Thomas Brown will dial up plays to take advantage of big opportunities at the right time, but that's not going to be the MO of this team. We want to pound the ball, have time control of the clock, and keep the opposing defense on the field. That's Give them more opportunities to make mistakes. Um, we were the 19th defense or scoring allowed defense last year. And that's with Phil Snow and then Al Holcomb, right? Because Steve Wilkes was not even the defensive corner at that point. It was Al Holcomb being elevated. I love Steve Wilkes. I was not a huge fan of his allegiance to Al Holcomb. Al Holcomb is a nice guy, solid dude. I didn't a hundred percent care for his play calling on defense. Um, We were the 23rd ranked pass defense. 
the 18th ranked rushing defense. Now that rushing defense is where I still have a little bit of concern. I am worried about that switching to a base 3-4, which I understand will run a lot of sub packages, a lot of nickel. Um, There will be five uh, defensive backs on the field more often than not, especially with the versatility that we're going to deploy with Jeremy Chin, um, Eric Rowe, hell, even Shaq Thompson can play a hybrid safety of sorts lining up in a box and being able to push back if he needs to. Um, And we were 25th in sacks. I think that's another important one to note. Evero ran a ton of blitz packages. He didn't get a ton of production from those blitz packages. Some of that I do attribute to the midseason trade of Bradley Chubb. He lost a player that can generate pressure and cause disruption on his own without being schemed and without having to have reliance on anybody else to do that. I think that's what Brian Burns is right now. Like immediately, I love Brian Burns. I think he is going to thrive as an outside linebacker in a 3-4. The workout videos that he's showing, and look, I get it. That sounds stupid. They're workout videos. He's he's in shorts and a tank top, and he looks incredible. Like, holy shit, that dude is in the best physical shape I think I've ever seen any human being in. Um, except maybe Miles Garrett. He's also a freak. Um, <laughs> but I think that he is going to exceed the production that he did in the 4-3 system. I also think that Frankie Louvu, who I was very high on last year, it was my I think it was my first piece that I ever wrote for Cat Crave, was talking about how Frankie Louvu should be spoken about in the same regards as a Roquan, Roquan Smith and other linebackers that were absolute spark plugs for their team and just had a knack for making the big play at the big time. It's what he did. I think he's going to continue on that upward trajectory this year. Um I'm also a huge Marquise Haynes fan, so I think that Marquise Haynes is going to take the major step. I saw there was a uh, Joseph Person put out an article today on The Athletic where he covers all of the defensive players and has a little excerpt about each one of them. And his thing about Marquise Haynes was comparing him to Mario Addison, who Mario Addison, in his sixth season, started averaging around 10 sacks a season for the next handful. I think it was three seasons that he averaged about 10 sacks a season. And that was at the age of 29. Marquise Haynes is 29, has put on weight. They have him listed at 235 on the team's official roster. He's 250. He's playing around 250. Um, I didn't realize that he confirmed that on the Four Man Rush podcast. But when I wrote my article about Marquise, I had mentioned that he was 235. He made clear that he was not 235 and then also confirmed that he was 250. That added weight. A guy playing at six foot three, 250 pounds, that is not a small player anymore playing that outside linebacker position. It may be six two, six two and a half, something like that. That's not a tiny guy. That is comparable to a Von Miller type of guy. Like it's in the same range. He doesn't have the arms necessarily the length, but he does have a nice arsenal of moves. The question about him is can he set the edge and play run defense at a high level? We will need that. Um but in the three four I also think you're gonna see a lot of versatility with Shy Tuttle and Derek Brown Henry Anderson, I mean, I completely forgot about that dude. He's going to look better in the 3-4. He was hurt for a lot of last year as well. Got Deshaun Williams from Denver. I really like that acquisition. Now, where I do have a little bit of question marks with this defense still is that zero technique, that nose tackle. Who is going to fill that role? We will see a rotation of Derek Brown and Shai Tuttle and Deshaun Williams. They both, all three of them have played. A gap, B gap, zero technique. They've done the inside work. 
none of them have the prototypical size to take on two or three defenders as a space eater. We do have Marquand McCall, who I am very high on. I like him very much. Um, 6'3", 345 pounds. He... I mean, honestly, man, it's. I, I feel like he could pick up a couch and put it in his pocket and walk around with it. The dude is a, he is a mammoth. He's a manimal, and I love that about him. And from everything that I have heard and read about this guy, he's got that. He's got that dog in his work ethic too, though. He he wants to be good. Um, I, I think that Evero is going to scheme up some really nice things for the talent that we have on this team. Our secondary worries me. Um, but what we talked about earlier of giving the coaches the benefit of the doubt with this staff. If we're going to do that for guys on offense, because that's what everyone keeps saying. Terrace Marshall Jr. is going to make a jump because he's got a competent offensive staff. He's got a competent quarterback. If we're going to do that on the offensive side of this football, we have to do that for defense too. I understand CJ Henderson has not shown very much to make us feel good about, but he has shown flashes during certain games where he plays pretty nice football. I'm not asking him to be the shutdown cornerback too. I want him to be a serviceable three or four. And if he has to do a spot start or two, I'm not concerned that Mike Evans is going to go for three touchdowns on him again. I don't want that. But like you said, if Evero can have a fourth round rookie producing at a pretty decent clip, then I think that there's reason for optimism around CJ Henderson and Keith Taylor Jr. as well. I think that both of them can have bounce back seasons. Dante Jackson's health is imperative. Um, I have no idea what's going to happen with Jeremy Chin. I have no idea where he's going to play, how much he's going to play. It's one of the things that I am looking forward to the most about this defense. How the hell does he get on the field with this? It's a very tame log jam of, of the secondary, but there is one because Eric Rowe is going to get some playing time. I don't think that Eric Rowe is strictly a voice in the locker room, but man, he plays a similar brand of big body, physical, not the best in coverage. You know what I mean? If you push him backwards, you're probably going to get by him. Um, I don't think he plays a ton of corner. I don't think that he has the press athleticism anymore that he used to. Um, but, I, man, I'm optimistic. And, honestly, if, if all of those stats that I said, those team stats, happened under Matt Rule, Steve Wilkes, Al Holcomb, um, Phil Snow, Ben McAdoo, with Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and <laughs> P.J. Walker, then there is no way in hell I am going to predict us going down or staying remotely the same with Bryce Young, Frank Wright, Thomas Brown, Zero Evero and D'Angelo Hall, Cooley, uh, the linebacker coach Jansen. I mean, dude, we've got a star-studded coaching staff, and I didn't even talk about Jim Caldwell. Yeah, so, yeah. And these guys want to be head coaches. Shit, like, I forgot Dom Capers. Dom fucking Capers is yeah. on this team again. Come yeah. on. No, like, like we we got to think about it as like these guys want to be head coaches. Yeah. Everwell wants to be a head coach. Brown wants to be a head coach. Uh, McCown wants to be a head coach. Why did Dalton? Why did Dalton come here? Dalton, I think, kind of thinks of this as like a step to being a, a coach. Yeah, like he, this is I, his Josh I, McCown role, right? Like this is yeah. his, as a player, yeah. as McCown as a player. This is Andy Dalton's ability yeah. to soak up. You got this prodigy in Bryce Young, right? <laughs> who they're saying is correcting errors in the playbook or in the play calling and all these things. Yeah. yeah, Andy Dalton will teach Bryce Young the ins and outs of being a professional quarterback in the NFL, and that is an invaluable asset to have. Andy Dalton is not just some figurehead. He's going to provide real value for this team. And you know what? If Bryce gets hurt or if Bryce misses a game, personal reasons, sick, anything like that, Andy Dalton is a very competent 
spot starter in the NFL. Yeah. I feel more confident with him than I felt about Sam Darnold rolling out there. Though Sam Darnold had all the talent in the world, because you can't deny that. The dude's got a cannon for an arm. He can make all the crazy angled throws. But then when you ask him to make a seven yard out, it's going to go to the opposing team for six. Yeah. Because he doesn't see it. Yeah. So, and that's, I think, what everybody's missing about this. These guys have aspirations. These mm-hmm. guys want to be head coaches. Why would they come somewhere where they're going to win seven games? You don't get to be a head coach winning seven games. It's not like they want to be a head coach in three years. Right. They want to be a head coach next year. Right. So Andy Dalton couldn't go to the Bucks. He couldn't go to the Colts. He couldn't go to any of these teams that had like a meh, like – uh, like filling quarterback. He couldn't go to the Cardinals and start a few games. He wanted to come here. Why? I think it's because he, I think the idea is let's be the, um, let's be the Rams. Mm-hmm. You know, people just kind of move up through the system. You get a third round compens- uh, compensatory pick because they think Brown's going to be a head coach next year. McCown's going to be our offensive coordinator. Uh, Dalton's going to be our quarterback's coach. Right. McCown's going to be a head coach. Dalton's going to be they, – they have it all kind of figured out. These guys aren't just coming here because of the money. Yeah. They don't they – don't, I mean, they care about the money, but they don't – they aren't risking their career aspirations yeah. just because of the money. It's an informed decision. It's a weighted decision. They're going to look at every single aspect of it and say, first of all, you do look at the division. You look at the competition because if you get your team in the playoffs, that is a bigger feather in your cap than having a high-ranked team that doesn't make the postseason. The object of the game is to win to get to the Super Bowl and win a championship. We have seen the past handful of years, the way to do that is to get in. doesn't matter what seed you are. doesn't matter if you're a wild card. doesn't matter if you have home field. Get in. Now, it, it helps when you have Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. That's a cheat code. But every other team that's made it outside of, I think, the Eagles last year, they're not like these front-running teams that have been juggernauts all year. You get hot at the right time. You put the work in. You come up with great game plans which is coaching, you have one week to come up with your best game plan in the playoffs. I trust this team or this coaching staff to be able to do that should we make it into the playoffs. Yeah, look at the, the, the Patriots. Matt Jones was mm-hmm. – do we think Matt Jones is any good? No, I got I got into some shit last night with Twitter because somebody mentioned something about why did DeAndre Hopkins choose Ryan Tannehill over Matt Jones. And I'm like, well, it's because Ryan Tannehill is a better quarterback, first of all. But second of because all – Because the Titans are good. Yeah. And their division sucks. They had 24 the guys on IR last year. Yeah. They had 24 guys on IR last year. Yep. They're a good football team. And yep. I ain't, I don't got to play in the AFC East. Yep. Exactly. You know, like, I, whatever. Also, uh, uh, this is what Ricky told me before this happened. I don't have any prep done for this. Yeah, that's FYI, true. LLL. Yeah. You just gave me like all these numbers about where they ranked and all this, all this, all this, all this. What am I even going to say? You would have gave every, like literally everything I could have said. But I, let me let me just let me just uh, so did try. So you just kind of say that like I win? Well, that- well, I you said eleven and six. I said twelve and five. We kind of like think the same uh, thing. Okay. But yeah. like this is a podcast where I have to talk to, so I got to come up with like you know interesting things to say. I guess. Yeah, here you go. Um, so. Let's go. You made uh, good points, but um, I actually been listening to Panthers podcasts, and mm-hmm. uh, Mike Cage uh, came. God, man, I wish I knew, remember the podcast that he came on. C three, 
Yeah, I don't think it was C3, but I think it was in the same network of uh, okay. sh- uh, shows. Uh, but he came on, and he uh, predicted us to go to, like, uh, uh, eight wins or nine wins. But I think he forgot, like, our schedule because yeah. it's pretty <laughs> bad. Um, but he said uh, 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 Marquise Hay- uh, Haynes was the best player on the field. Oh, yeah. The reports of him from OTAs and, and uh, minis, man, they said that he was just making plays and disrupting almost every single snap on defense. Yeah, and look Love at me – at the end of last year, like, he is just a freak. Like, he's uh-huh. an athletic freak. And Go back to his time at Ole Miss. Yeah. He he was a terrific pass rusher at Ole Miss. And he did stand up at times at Ole Miss. Like, he still had his hand in the dirt for, I think, the majority of the snaps that he took at Ole Miss. But he did a whole lot more of a hybrid role than he's been asked to do here in Carolina. In Carolina, yeah. he's been a hands in the dirt the entire time. I think that he's going to really benefit from that jump. Yeah. Also, uh, Brown's going to play in position now. Yeah. Like, how, you, you're making a 25 year old play nose tackle. Like, you're like right. literally going against like the, like right up the gut guys running at you all the time. Let this guy get some pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. Let Luvu get some pressure on the quarterback. Let Chin get some pressure on the quarterback. Like, these guys can rush the passer, but mm-hmm. they got to play in position. And I do agree with you about Jeremy Chin, and I'm really nervous. Uh, so Mike K uh, talked about this too, that we'd be looking at more of a 3 3 5 kind of yeah. uh, a defense, which is, uh, I, I think, I think. I like that we're flying around everywhere, but we're young. How disciplined are we going to be? But flu, I mean, Pro Football Focus ranked Pro Football Focus. They ranked uh, uh, Thompson and Luvu as uh, two of the top fifteen best run stoppers at linebacker yeah. uh, in the NFL. Which is really interesting, right? Because the knock on Frankie Luvu has been that he's slight. That's been the knock on the guy. Yeah. I don't think that people understand the power that Frankie Luvu plays with. Frankie Luvu is a runaway RV on wheels. Like, he barrels through shit. When you see him hit somebody, it's like when someone teaches you how to punch, right? You punch through your target. He runs through people. He doesn't hit and make a collision and stop there. He finishes. He is a pile driver of a linebacker. But he also has a ton of athleticism. And you saw some of that with, I believe he had pick six last year. Yeah, he had a fumble yeah. six and a pick six. I think yeah. he had two touchdowns last year. Yeah. And Chin had two touchdowns in the same game, I think. Dude, Chin gets a really bad rap because he was misused. They all do. They all do. We're Panthers fans. Do. That's why yeah. they get a bad rap. Yeah, we're a miserable fan base for the most part. Yep. Um, and, and that's okay. I mean, there's a lot of miserable fan bases that, you know, don't actually believe in their team either. At least we are miserable because we keep believing in our team. Like the only reason I'm miserable is because I keep disappointing myself. It's not (laughs) even the Panthers don't even disappoint me. I disappoint myself. I'm like, God damn it, Ricky, you knew better than that one that day. Like you knew it. There was no way that Sam Darnold was going to go out there and outclass the top of the AFC that week, you know, and whatever. Let's see. I got to yeah. know highlights. Let's let's make it interesting. Oh, yeah, but Wilkes comes in, and we just hand the ball to Foreman like 9,000 times, and we crush the Seahawks, we crush the Lions, and, and now there's a lot of there's a lot of people that are so bummed out about the Foreman departure, and I get it. Like, I I think that it's okay to be bummed out about it because he was a productive uh, bruiser of a running back, but I put out a stat somewhere um, that he had five of 11 games post-CMC's departure. He had over 100-plus rushing yards. The remaining games, he averaged 38.3 rushing yards per game. 
I am perfectly okay saying that Miles Sanders, who finished as a top eight running back in the NFL, I believe it was top five in yardage. Yardage, maybe? Yep. Yep. Yeah, top five in yardage. Listen to my um, deep dive. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I did look at it. It was a good one. It was an interesting one. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I think that anyone that is confused about Miles Sanders being an upgrade over Deontay Foreman, you're going to find out really quick why that is. He is going to provide more versatility than anything that Foreman could provide. Chuba Hubbard is already under contract as the backup running back. You don't need to add an expense to bring in a very specific valued running back like Foreman. Foreman's not great in pass pro sets. Um, Raheem Blackshear is still going to be on this roster because he adds special teams value and change of pace and receiving out of the backfield. You cannot carry four or five running backs on a roster if you're planning on carrying four tight ends and probably six or seven cornerbacks and four safeties. There is a logistical problem with that. And that is something that fans do have to kind of consider. We need special teams players that will play. Deontay Foreman's not going out there and playing gunner. It's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Raheem Blackshear will. And Raheem Blackshear will do kick return duties. It's important, man. Versatility is important. And unfortunately for Foreman, he is Jerome Bettis in today's NFL. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we got to be realistic. This guy wasn't supposed to come in and be the number one. Like, he's been a backup every single place that he's been. Yeah. And even in Chicago, he probably will still be the backup. What he added was that toughness that we needed, but he, 4.5 yards to carry. If you look at the advanced numbers, mm-hmm. like I know that we're saying that well, Miles Sanders has a, like had a, a great offensive line in Philly. Um, yeah, so does Nick Chubb. Right. Like, like well, we like create this like narrative about like how's he gonna do it in the uh, in uh, Carolina? Well, we just watched a backup that's like Foreman do it. Well, and so here's here's a good question then if if. Philly's offensive line was exponentially so much better than Carolina's, right? And Deontay Foreman was such a better running back than Miles Sanders. Why was Philly the fifth-ranked overall rushing team? That's only five better than the Panthers, and we were playing with this offensive line that everyone says is worse, and with a player that is definitely not of the caliber that Miles Sanders is supposed to be. Also, why didn't they go after Deontay Foreman? Right. Or Deontay Foreman? Right. Like if he's they're the same player. Why like right. go after him? Um, yeah. But we we like getting and away. Also, I got to correct myself because I said Jerome Bettis or something with Deontay Foreman. I was not calling Deontay Foreman Jerome Bettis. I am <laughs> saying the play style and what he does is the Jerome Bettis esque right. kind of play style. I, yeah. By far, I'm not trying to say he's the bus. Please don't crush me for that. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. The the five listeners will not crush you for it. <laughs> um, hey, man, uh, we um, might retweet this out and get like. 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping. I, dude, I just got a uh, 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 569 uh, on a reel that I, I posted last week. Ooh. So, so you know, it's, it's coming up. It's coming up. Moving units. Yeah. yeah. So let me just like do like a quick uh, so pineapple, 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 pineapple. Yeah, pineapple. yeah, yeah. Uh, see where we are at. I got uh, six minutes to wrap all this up. So you uh, said quarterback Bryce Young. Yeah. Is her. Let me go over the quarterbacks that uh that Frank Reich has had and like and and they've been probably a t- I know I, I looked it up they're a top fifteen offense every single year top half of the league offense every single year except for the Brissett year and that's when everybody got hurt like the running back got hurt all the receivers got hurt like that's the one year that he didn't uh, have a winning record so he had uh, Carson Wentz for three years 
he had Philip Rivers early when he was a uh, um, uh, offensive coordinator in um, uh, San Diego. Uh, he had uh, Andrew Luck one year, and they were third in offense mm. that year. Uh, and he had Philip Rivers again, and uh, Carson. Uh, I already said all these. Um, Carson and Matt Ryan. Sorry, Matt Ryan. Um, there it is. Yeah, and you forgot about that other old white guy. Yeah. So was so and he had three out of four years we coached the whole season that was a nine uh, he had a nine or better wins yeah but we like we're so jaded as Panthers fans we, and I see it on Twitter and it's like we don't have a good uh, uh, receiving core we pay overpay Miles Sanders it's like what are you talking about the dude was a pro bowler last year yeah uh, somebody was uh, was like posted something I don't know if you uh, saw me uh, uh, respond to it. But they said um, perfect for a young running back, and it was uh, receiver passing rating. And they said for the entire year, minimum of 60 games. Last seven games of the season, DJ Chark was number one in the NFL in receiver pre- passer rating. You love that. I but so uh, I'm gonna get a Hayden Hurst uh, deep dive. But I'm gonna give you a little. I'm gonna give yeah, you a little see, sneak peek. We peak. didn't even touch on all of the intricacies <laughs> of this because I know that we have a time constraint. Yeah, yeah, but, but man, there's some shit still. Hayden Hurst is number two in the NFL in catch percentage. Mm-hmm. He doesn't drop balls. You know what you mm-hmm. need for a rookie quarterback? Someone that doesn't Security drop blanket. balls. Yeah. yeah. And you got Adam Thielen. Yeah. And you got. So I did this in my deep dive for uh, Adam Thielen. How do we think that Adam Thielen had anything to do with Justin Jefferson being good right away? Oh, absolutely. You know who also went to LSU and didn't go to uh, uh, Minnesota and had to deal with Joe Brady for another uh, two years? His first name is like one of my favorite kinds of bars. <laughs> Terrace Bar. Like so, I don't know if you watched the first. Uh, th- there was a, uh, there was a uh, uh, a video that got that got posted of them right beside each other, and uh, Thielen runs this beautiful maybe five steps that he takes, and you see uh, Terrace Marshall just like kind of clunk. Uh, I'm sorry, r- r- like he, he like clunked around, and you're like, oh my god, it's like uh, Terrace Marshall might not make the team. It was reported right. that yeah. Terrace Marshall might not make the team. Like a month later, that dude. Fluid, looks smooth, mingo. Like it, it. I've been de- we, we've been dealing with this forever with the Cam era about like um, how good people are or like like they get they get crapped yeah. on. Like how good John Stewart was, how good Cam was, how good all those guys were, and they never got the respect they deserved. Yeah, and it kind of feels that way here. And defense, and I was just touch on the defense real fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. McCall, people are. He's in people's ears. There, he he might start over a uh, uh, a shy Tuttle. He might be that guy. He's yep. been he's been showing up and and I think what we got killed with last year. We got beat over the top. So we bring in Von Bell, make it a little bit easier on uh, uh, Xavier Woods. Yep. So Von Bell is a major component to the resurgence of this defense. No one's talking about it. He's. And honestly, it's in the article that I've got coming out about what I'm watching for training camp. Um, but it's Von Bell takes away that concern about having no defenders that excel in coverage. There is no deep defender that we have had on this roster for three, four years minimum that you can say, I feel like he can play 
cover one out there. I feel like if we've got one man back there playing free safety, I think he can handle that responsibility, that alignment. Haven't had that. Von Bell, don't even have to think twice. Throw him out there. He's got it. Can you name somebody on the uh, Broncos other than Simmons and Sertain? On their defense? Yeah. Um, I probably could, but since you just put me on the spot, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, I can't either. I, I, I honestly can't either. They were fifth Man, in the who... league last year in pass defense. Fifth. Were they? And they never had time of possession because they Russell were 13th. Was... In pass defense, overall defense, they were probably 13th. I, I mean, I just looked it up before here because I did a little bit of research. Um, it depends what you're looking at. If you're looking at uh, passing yards or. Uh... This is important. <laughs> I'm going to challenge that. All right. What are you using to look it up? Statmuse? Pro football reference? Uh, see, I do pro football reference. Yeah, because, yeah. Should this be, is like, should be the same, though, right? Well, yeah, it's like an overall ranking. I might still have it up. Uh, I, I love that you challenged. wanted to say, yeah, I kind of just yeah, wanted to dude. do the challenge thing, man, honestly. Also, how much fun is this that we don't need? All right, so this is, oh, did it show up? Not much. Uh, but you I mean, I'll the... trust you on it, but I also am probably just right, so... I mean, it depends what you, what you, what you, <laughs> but it's still no fly zone. It's still like, yeah, like yeah. whatever, it's, it's whatever. A yeah. low, it's a, it's a, it's a really nice pass defense when yeah. you have no brand name players out there doing it. Other yeah. than certain and certain. I mean, this is a second it's, year it's player. Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. Right, yeah. Simmons. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. We got to the point where we're like Super Bowl coach, Super Bowl coach, Super Bowl coach, Super Bowl coach. Um, yeah. One of the top. Uh, people that did not get a head coaching job that was a defensive coordinator last year. We we get these we get Sean Payton into the Broncos. And yeah. So many people are saying, oh, they're gonna they're gonna change this team. Like Sean Payton's gonna come in and change the team. Mm-hmm. But we don't do that for the Panthers. Right. Hey, who was the didn't the Broncos have another pass rusher other than Bradley Chubb? They had the rookie uh Nick Benito out of Oklahoma. Who honestly, if you look at him, he's a little bit slighter frame. Reminds you a little bit of Marquise Haynes, <laughs> and Evero really liked him. So there's a there's a nice thing to think about there. I thought that there was another guy that they had. Um, we have Brian Burns, better yeah, right. than all those right. guys. We have Frankie yeah. Louvu, better than all those guys. Like yeah, but it, like this, we like kind of tried to like talk ourselves out of it because we're so yeah, jaded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like no, this team is actually really really good, um, and. Then you look at the division, and you're like, I, I get scared of the Falcons just because if you can run the ball, who knows what can happen? You can control the, the clock, anything. Like, yeah. it, it's scary. Bucks are, oh, they're not going to be. We, we should have beat. If, if, if Tom Brady doesn't beat us long, we're crushing that team. We were the crushing Falcons, that team. The Falcons' defense doesn't scare me either, though. No, yeah. That, but that, like, that defense has to be much, much better than what they were if they are going to strike fear into anybody. So, yeah, sure, the Falcons can run the ball. That's what the Panthers did last year. That's what we will aim to do this year, but we're going to be way more multiple than what we were last year. Last year, there were sets where you knew we were going to run the ball. Frank Reich will come out, and he'll run three tight end sets, and he'll have everyone running routes. It's it's controlled chaos. It's planned timing. We are going to be a much different approach on the offensive side of the ball, and I think it's going to be difficult for a team like the Falcons to match up with some of that. Even from a coaching standpoint, Arthur Smith – Say what you want to. I know a lot of people really like Arthur Smith. I'm out on that. I just don't see the creativity that is necessary in today's NFL. You don't have to be running trick plays. You don't have to be doing all of that. Not everybody's going to be able to dial up the Andy Reid specialties all the time. 
But man, I mean, it's like third and eight and he's calling draws. <laughs> it's like, dude, come on, man. We lived through that too. You know, John Fox, he got fired for a reason, you know? Yeah, but if you're scared about our run defense, which actually I am not. I think that we're going to have a really good run defense. Interesting. Um, because I think that we're going to have uh, Brown in position. And he was actually – and we're going to play uh, YGM. And YGM was like one of the highest-ranked run defenders um, mm-hmm. uh, in as, as, as a uh, end. Yep. Um, and we have two of the uh, top uh, linebackers in run defense. We brought in like big dude, uh, like yep. Shai Tuttle. And we're going to have um, uh, Derek Brown play in the proper position – I think our run defense is going to be, I think our defense is going to be a top five unit. Um, that's, that's, I mean, we we can't get, we can't go too much longer about that. Um, but I am not worried about our run defense as much as that. I think we might be, might get beat over the top. Um, but I'm not worried about guys like, um, uh, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. Um, Mike, I'm worried about Olave. I'm worried about, um, like those, uh, guys that can, you know, Shift Shifty. open and then mm-hmm. and then beat us uh, like the waddles of the world like those kind of guys. Absolutely. Um, we are out of time, man. I'm so excited that we like talked forever and then we got this yeah. like uh, coming up again. So uh, I'm gonna bring Ricky back on. He's gonna be our eyes and ears um, at uh, training camp, uh, which like we're really appreciative of. And then we're gonna he's gonna come back on uh, before that talk about his article that he's writing uh, for Cat Crave, which I'm really excited about. Um, Ricky, you have anything else that you want to like add? Did I? Do we change each other's mind? Did, I, we have the same kind of thoughts. So yeah, we, no, we I think that we both fell in the same uh, overall basket here, and I, yeah. I feel good about it. Honestly, man, like talking through it, I think it we proved some really good supportive arguments. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I would rather be more optimistic about this team than be the people airing caution. Look, it's cool to air caution. We got a rookie quarterback. We got a first year staff. All of them are ballers. Lean into really? it. Also, if we're if we're terrible, so what? Who gives a shit? We've been terrible. They're young. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, they're also they're young. Like yeah. they'll get better. It's- as long as Bryce Young doesn't look like absolute dog shit, I'm okay with pretty much whatever comes to fruition with this season. I don't want to be one in sixteen. I don't want that. But if Bryce Young shows some promise and has the trajectory of a NFL starter, a high level NFL starter, cool with it. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. And he's yep. never been that. Right. So and this team is hungry. This team yep. has got a taste of winning at the end of the year yep. last year. They were that close to make the playoffs. Yep. I think this. I think this team's gonna freaking explode this year. Um, yep. So, uh, dude, it was good. It was good talking with you. Um, yeah, I'm actually gonna talk to you pretty soon. The next next couple yep. of days. Uh, appreciate you coming on. And uh, me, man. bro, keep pounding. Anything else that you want to say? That's it. Keep pounding. All right. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>